Welcome to Molten's Mind and Body. This is your host, Jeff Molten. We have episode number five, and we're gonna be doing something that went over, I think, really well last week, and that was Q&A. So tonight, we're gonna be going through another top 10 questions that we asked. Again, if you wanna get on the podcast with one of your questions, uh, be the night of it, usually what I'll be doing is be putting a post up on either uh, Instagram, Facebook, or Snapchat. If you're not following them, it's either my Instagram, uh, Jeff underscore Molten underscore, Molten's Mind and Body Facebook, or my Snapchat, which you can find under Jeff Molten. So moving forward, get your questions together, and we'll be doing this at least once a week so I can get your uh, questions answered and just kind of help you guys um, if you have any questions for me, okay? So top 10 questions we got going on tonight. We're gonna jump right into it. Number one is gonna be, what impact do you wanna have on the world in the future? Okay, there's a deep question to get us started. So to sum that up, I guess the impact I wanna have is kind of depends on what I'm doing, but right now I'm in this transition spot for work. So work is going well, but my energy is really going into this podcast, kind of branding myself, trying to open up a bit more and trying to impact you guys in multiple ways. So really, What I like to do is just take it one day at a time and just kind of impact you guys um, from giving you information to trying to motivate you, get you excited, show you what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis and hopefully inspiring you to take the next step, whether it's getting a bit more fit, hitting some of the goals that you may have and just kind of, um, you know, helping you along the way, you know, in your fitness, whether it's, you know, training, uh, whether it's nutrition or just getting a better mindset on things. I think that's my big impact that I'm trying to do right now. And it starts day by day for me. So um, in the world, I think that's a big perspective. I'd like to impact as many people as I can through, you know, teaching you wellness, nutrition, health, um, and just putting you in the right mindset on a day-to-day basis to accomplish the goals that you have. So Uh, you know, down the road, we want to impact as many people as we can. But right now, I think that's the big goal for me is to just try to inspire you day to day um, from being me, doing me and just, you know, pushing out as much I can information to help you guys. Okay. So we're going to go into question number two. Okay. We got what made me want to be a trainer and how did it impact my career? So What made me want to be a trainer, honestly, was uh, I talked a little about this in episode number one, but really it was just um, my passion for working out. I think a lot of people want to be a trainer because they're like, hey, what do I want to do with my life? Do I want to work out? You know, do I, I, what what am I doing, right? So I think because I liked working out, I naturally was like, I might want to try this as a career. But for me, like I said, my friend in the first episode, Glenn Del Rey is, you know, he's like, dude, you're always helping people. Like naturally you're in the gym, you're helping people, you're doing your own thing. And I think, you know, that's what started to, you know, make me realize like, hey, you know, maybe I can do this as a, as a career. But I think it starts with, you know, are you a people person? You know, are you into, you know, talking to people, working around people? You know, can you see yourself being in that type of environment for a period of time? And I think that's the first thing that you have to look into is if you actually enjoy being around people. Um, For me, I did. And I think Glenn was a big part of it. So, uh, you know, him making me realize that uh, I wanted to be, you know, potentially be a trainer, you know, that's what set me up to go to BCC you know, and actually start to do my certification and actually get into my associate, which led to my bachelor's degree, which kind of led me to my training career. So 
um, I think what made me want to be a trainer, it was honestly, I just really liked helping people and I, I was passionate about fitness. So I kind of just combined them together. Um, you know, if you're passionate about fitness and you do enjoy helping people, it could be a career for you. Um, but I see a lot of people also that get into it and realize, you know, maybe that was just a passion for me. Not necessarily do I want to be in the gym, you know, eight to 10 hours a day you know, trying to pick up clients and, and do your own thing. So um, it really depends from person to person. So how did it impact my career? It, it basically was a huge part um, of my career. You know, uh, I think if I wasn't a trainer, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing today, you know. So going to school, you know, was just a, a part of getting my certification, you, you know, through meeting people uh, along the way, you know, just networking and, and continuing my education. Like I, all those were huge parts. And honestly, like, you know, training was literally my career. So obviously it had a big part of, of it. And I think it's optimal. You have to have a certification nowadays. You need a nationally recognized cert to just hold your own at a minimum level to make sure you're, you know, you're insured. And it gives, you know, most gyms will recognize you nationally with a ACSM, ACE, if you want to get into a CSCS, NASM, um, just a couple that are, you know, really good. Obviously CSCS, if you don't know, you need a bachelor's degree to have that. So that's definitely highly recommended um, and, and recognized around the country a bit more than a normal certification. So uh, so a huge impact it had on me personally. It was big. So uh, we'll go on to the next question. So what do you think the biggest problem with the fitness, fitness industry is right now? So this question, you know, if you know me well, I get pretty fired up about a lot of topics. Um, I don't know if I have one thing that drives me crazy, but if I had to pick one and with the biggest problem, I would say it has to do with Instagram, social media, and I think the biggest problem for me is people are being so false, um, or so the better word is people being so fake and really not being who they actually are. I think there's a big problem with social media, especially Instagram, I would say. People give a false impression of who they actually are on Instagram. They're not truly being themselves. They're trying to get the the, the opinion of other people and, and that to make them feel good. So you're posting pictures that really aren't even you. You're going in, you know, pretending to do a lot of things and, and you know, your pitch, you know, if it's females, males, whoever, you're, pitch, you're posting pictures at like half naked um, to get attention to make you feel better. That's the problem. Fitness is about health, it's about setting goals, it's about pushing yourself to achieve more individually. Now, if you wanna take it to a competitive level, that's fine, but you have to know that it has to come from internally. You're competing to see how good you can do. You're not doing it to compare yourself to others in a different way, right? So you, you gotta know that if you gave it at all, you gave it all. If you wanna win, you wanna win, that's great. But you know, the biggest point I'm going towards is the average person that you know gets put down because they look on social media at all these people that have edited pictures, they're fake, you know, they you know, half these women are implants and butt plants and all this stuff going on. Guys are edited on steroids, like jacked out of their minds. So male or female, it's just a false impression. You know, they're pretending that they work out every day of the week super hard and do all this stuff and they edit and angles and filters and it's just crazy. So I think my biggest problem is that like we need to start figuring out like number one why are you working out and are you doing it for you are you actually staying true to who you are not leaving this false impression that you're really not even working out besides that you want the attention from thousands of people 
and you're just trying to build a following to be cool. Like, hey, look at me, I got 10,000 followers. Like, you're not trying to help other people, at least most people aren't. They're saying they are, but they're doing it because they want it back. They want to ask people to follow them, but they don't want to give them any value. They want to post, you know, whether it's whatever, half-naked pictures or whatever it may be, it just doesn't matter. Um, you know, that's my biggest problem right now. The fitness industry as a whole is getting flawed because of a lot of people that, you know, are getting famous for the wrong reasons. And now the people that are in that direction feel like shit about themselves and then they're trying to get famous for the wrong reasons. It's just bullshit and it's it's ridiculous and it starts it needs to be called out more often. And especially the people that are leading the charts, it's cool. Like if you got, you know, you built your fit brand and you're famous from it, but like be real of how you got there and don't give all these people false impression of like how you actually got there. That is what is wrong with the fitness industry right now. So another question we got, I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy Lou, because I know he listens to this and this was a question he guessed me. So shout out to my boy Lou. Um, who is the most inspiring athlete? So I'm gonna give you a couple different ideas. I don't really idolize anybody. Um, I don't really use people um, as like, I wanna be them, but I'm gonna give you when I was a kid and then kind of right now, and I'll give you a few different people. So when I was a kid, if you were a Boston Red Sox fan, you'll know that I loved Nomar Garcia Parra. So that was my guy. When I was young, I I can say I truly wanted to be Nomar Garcia Parra, playing shortstop for the Red Sox, crushing it, and that's who I want to be. I've been number five on everything from baseball, football, soccer, jersey numbers, video game numbers, race car numbers, anything I can physically be a number five in, I was number five because I wanted to be Nomar Garcia Parra. So that was me as a kid. As I get older, now, if I'd say 28 years old, who do I you know, use to inspire me? I would say that I would list like two or three people. First, come to my head. So I listen to Gary V on a daily basis. Gary V inspires the shit out of me. Not an athlete though, but as a person. So he's a, if you don't know him, check him out, the Gary V E podcast. Um, He's awesome, entrepreneur, businessman, marketing guru, you know, built a wine company from three to 60 million in a short period of time, or you know, not, you know, six to nine years, but on his own. Uh, one of the first people to do e-commerce online. Just a beast. I listen to him daily to, you know, keep me motivated, building the brand and the business. That's one of my guys. Love Gary Vee. Number two, we're gonna is Tom Bilow. Tom Bilo is the inventor of Quest. So he was one of the founders of Quest Protein, the protein powders, the chips, and all that stuff. He has a podcast called Impact Theory. I'm obsessed with it. He brings guests on, had over 100 guests on that are like super successful, multiple fields. Um, so shout out to Tom Bilo, Impact Theory, awesome podcast. The dude is just super positive, how to build your business, how to stay motivated, the ups and downs of everything. Awesome guy to be around. So. Tom Bilo, um, you know, some of these people I would love to meet one day. One last one I'm gonna say is more of a fitness guy. He's over the top for 99% of the people. He is my guy, I love him. He's basically why I say the phrases I do. His name is David Goggins. Ex-Navy SEAL, Marines, went through Hell Week three times, just an absolute savage, ran a 200-mile running race. Just look up David Goggins and just listen to his story. Absolute savage. He's my guy. Love David Goggins. Um, and there's a phrase that I say, and I can't remember the phrase right now, but uh, what the heck is it? Um, I've been saying it. I've been saying I'm going to make a shirt on it, but I don't know if I can because I just remembered David Goggins' actual phrase. Um, but... Uh, 
I'll remember it. And when I do, I will tell you guys. But he's my guy. Those three, so Lou, those three are my guys right now um, that I would say that inspire me. Not necessarily an athlete. You could consider David Goggins an athlete, though. Um, so have you ever been depressed and how did you get out of it? So, yeah, I mean, I think everyone goes through depression. I think um, I'm a high energy, usually positive guy. And I think um, I do well at fighting it off. And I, you know, I'm, but I do think at times I, I do get depressed. And I think for a lot of year, I was like in an up and down. I wouldn't say depression. I, I think that like everyone goes through funks and I think depression is part of the game of life. And and I think people overanalyze being depressed and I think they need to do accept it, absorb it, feel it, and then learn how to get out of it. And I think they have to work within themselves to get out of that depression. And, and, and I think that's gonna make you stronger. So, um, you know, my last time I was depressed, I would say, if you wanna use that terminology, which I would say it's more, I was like down for a while and I just didn't feel like myself, was a, you know, about a six to eight month period where I was just like in a funk in the gym, I wasn't feeling motivated. I didn't have any goals. I didn't really feel great about myself as a whole. Uh, and I had a lot of changes in life going on. So I think like in the past six to eight months prior to August, it was a really crazy rocky road. And then, you know, August, September, October, big transition in my life happening, you know, but just had to get through it. And I'm feeling a lot better now. Uh, and I just think like it takes time and it's okay you know, and you just have to keep grinding one day at a time, wake up, be positive, say the positive things and, and force yourself to change because these things take, you know, 2190 rule, 21 days to make a habit, 90 days to make a lifestyle change. So I think those are what you have to think about. So just if you're tired, you're fatigued, you're exhausted, you're feeling depressed a little bit, try to put positivity out there, hang on to it. You know, if you can get through three weeks of it, usually it'll stick and you'll start to believe and you'll feel better. So that's kind of a, uh, how I got out of it. I had to be positive. I had to just be real with myself and know like, I know and just trust that I was gonna get out of it. There were days I didn't feel like that, but I had to keep working, you know, and the best example is when I was in Boston, that was like the biggest point for me, like biking to work in the rain, long days at work, you know, not making much money. And I just was like, you know what? We just gotta embrace the suck, dude. Embrace the suck. That's the phrase I just remembered by David Goggins. Embrace the suck, baby. Embrace the suck. So we need to embrace the suck more often. And when shit gets hard, you have to push through it. And I think it's a mental game. You have to be mentally strong. Your body will do a lot, but your mental game has to be strong to get through all these things. So if you're if you're in a hard situation, you have to get through it. It's gonna make you stronger. So put yourself in those stressful situations day after day after day to challenge you to make you stronger mentally. So when you get back into these corners, you will actually be stronger in the long run. So that's how I get out of it, guys. So next question we got is, is there a benefit of doing supersets in a workout? So switching topics a little bit, um, going more of the workout side. So I think there is. So it depends what your goal is though. So if you're just trying to get really strong, supersets is not the thing to do, okay? Not at least at the beginning of the workout. And if you want to get really strong, excuse me, is you want to be lifting heavier weights, three to five reps, sometimes seven in that rep range, right? Heavier weights, um, lower repetitions, and multiple sets of it, three, five, seven sets of these, these low repetition heavy weights to get you used to lifting heavier weights. If you're doing a superset, which if you don't know what that is, is one exercise to another back to back, no rest. That's going to fatigue you out. 
um, and, and ruin the beginning set where you're trying to lift as heavy weight as many times as you can. Now, the benefit of doing them, I think, is if you are a short period of time and you have to cram a lot of work into a workout, say you got 30 to 45 minutes and you want to be able to do a normal workout, you can do an hour, an hour and 15 minute workout in 30 to 45 minutes because you know you superset them. Say you do a bench press and a pull up. You go back and forth, take a break, back and forth, take a break. So overall, in that period of time, you're actually going to be doing a lot of work. So you'll get tired, you get fatigued, but the one thing you have to realize is it'll work on your endurance a little bit more. Your heart rate will get up a little higher because you're not resting as much because you're getting more exercises in. But the downside is your strength is going to be lower because you're not recovering enough to lift that big weight. A big weight that you're going to lift, you might be doing two to five minute breaks. This is 45 seconds to a minute at most at the end of those two. So you do pull up, bench press, rest, pull up, bench press, rest. And I think that's what you would do. So the benefit, obviously, it's more efficient. You get more done in a period of time. And you also, um, which I think is beneficial, is get the heart rate up. So there's a cardiovascular side of it. So uh, I think that is kind of what I've been doing a lot of now to push my conditioning and my endurance. And I think that's what it's beneficial uh, to do. Also, at the end of a workout, if you're doing a strength workout, that's when you can do a superset. You do the heavy stuff earlier on at the end of the workout, do you know an arm exercise, a couple shoulders, a couple little things, and just burn out the body. Um, or burn out that muscle group that you're doing. So that that's what I would say the benefit um, of doing supersets is in a workout. So we got next question. I think it's number six. We got, do you believe in cheat meals? So I don't believe necessarily in cheat meals. So this is what I mean by that. So I think people try to eat really good all week and then they're like, I'm gonna have a cheat meal. This is gonna be freaking awesome. And then they go out and eat a pizza and a Ben and Jerry's and then they weigh themselves the uh, next day or a couple days later and they're like, oh shit, I just gained all my weight back that I've dieted all week for. So I think cheat meals set you up for binge eating, which set you up for failure. So I think overall, they're not great for most people to have. Um, I think if you want something, you should just have it in portion controlled amount. Going back to our you know conversation I had with my boy, um, down in Connecticut um, to do. The thing what we did is uh, talked about is basically the importance of counting your calories, um, which you can check that podcast out, which is the last one, episode four. Um, You count your calories and if you know how many calories you're eating, you can substitute food in to equal the same amount of calories, which will maintain your body weight. So quick example, if you're eating 2000 calories and eating really good nutrient dense foods, if you substitute some of that out to put in a piece or two, piece or uh, slice or two a pizza and you equal the same amount of calories, you will maintain the same weight. Okay. If you eat more sodium and water, you'll retain more water, but that'll go away over time. So I think the big thing is I'm not a big fan of cheat meals. I think they set you up for binge eating. And I think that's what most people have problems with is eating a ton in a period of time. If you crave it, don't let yourself get to the point where you're actually starving and really want it. Just have a slice or two, get rid of it, um, and move on with the day. Okay, I think that's the best way to go about it. So I'm not a big fan of cheat meals. So ah, uh, number no, I think we're on number eight. So I was wrong. It's number eight. So we got what does your daily day of eating look like? So I'm a really consistent eater. If you can ask anyone at work, they make fun of me for my bra or white rice and beef on a daily basis. So um, I'm just a repetitive eater though. So breakfast, this is what I do most days, guys. So breakfast, I have a smoothie, which consists of one cup of Fairlife milk, two tablespoons of chia seeds, a serving of strawberries, and a banana. I blend it up. So I got my smoothie. 
I also have a blueberry RX bar every morning with my smoothie on my way to work. Uh, after my workout, I have a cup of oats with two tablespoons of chia seeds, some cinnamon, and normally blueberries with a scoop of combat protein powder, chocolate. So then I will have, what do I have? What do I have? We, we have next. Um, lunch, I just, like I said, I have the 937 uh, organic beef with a 300 grams, no, yeah, 250 grams of white rice with Himalayan sea salt. Really good Himalayan sea salt, big fun fact with that. It's 80 minerals, uh, so highly recommend uh, the pink Himalayan sea salt over any white iodized salt, highly recommend. Um, those are minerals that most people don't get. So um, midday, I may have a little extra bar with me, another RX bar or like a little thing of pretzels or like I've been done this little animal cracker kick. Uh, what else do I have? Yeah, so just like little things, almonds, I may have some almonds, something along those lines if I need it. Sometimes I go right to dinner. Dinner, I have literally four or five nights a week. I have a pound of red potatoes with another eight ounces of organic 93.7 ground beef. Um, for dessert, I've had last few days, I had uh, an ice cream sandwich, like one ice cream sandwich. I love my ice cream sandwiches. Uh, what else do we have? I had a salad. For dinner tonight, I'll have that mix and match, you know, with the meals depending on how hungry I am. And then at night, to rack up those calories, I'll either have like another two servings of Fairlife milk with an apple and peanut butter, or if I'm low on calories that day, depending on how much work I've done and how I feel, I may have two slices of bacon uh, with four eggs and serving a fair life in apple and peanut butter or something along those lines, maybe two pieces of toast. So again, I'm consuming 33 to 3,400 calories a day, which for most people is way too much, but I work out five days a week. It's very high intensity workout. I'm on my feet all day for work. And my metabolism is really high because I have more lean muscle mass than most people. So, and again, the more lean muscle mass you can put on, the more body fat you can burn because your metabolism will be really fast um, or a lot faster. So the goal when I tell a lot of people is to be building that metabolism up over time by building muscle, male or female. You won't get bulky females, promise you won't get bulky. Ask my cousin Mariana, you're not gonna do it. So uh, what do we got here? So next one, that was pretty much my day. So what are some good exercises to lose my stomach? Okay. You can't spot reduce, that's the first thing. So if you have extra body fat and your goal is to get leaner, you have to go into a caloric deficit. So again, if you're not sure what that is, basically track your food for a week, weigh yourself day one and then day seven, whatever your calories average out to, you know that amount of calories is keeping you at your current body weight. If you wanna lose weight, on average, you wanna pull three to 500 calories. If you, you know, if you wanna gain weight, you put on three to 500 calories. So you have to go into a caloric deficit to lose weight, which means you have to be burning more calories than you're taking in. So that's why it's important to track your calories and figure out how much you're eating. That is super important. If you don't know what you're eating, I can't adjust your calories, and then it's all a guessing game. So, um, you know, your body will take body fat off wherever it wants to. You can't control where it comes off. So that's what sucks, okay? So depending on your genetic makeup and your metabolism and how things go, that'll depend where it comes off of. A lot of times it's last on the stomach in males. Females, it could be butt and thighs. That's from my experience. Um, usually the upper body comes off pretty quick for both. So 
Um, can't really do anything. You can train your core to get stronger, your abdominals, but that doesn't mean you're gonna see them more necessarily. All that means is you have a stronger core, which is great. But losing weight, you know, doing big movements, deadlifts, squats, you know, things like that are gonna burn more calories than um, just actually, you know, doing a run, okay? So the goal is to build muscle, help speed up that metabolism. Over time in a caloric deficit, you will lose weight, which eventually will come off on your stomach, okay? All right, we're going good here. We got one more question and we're moving really good, I'm glad. I wanted to make this between 20 and 30 minutes today. So what we're gonna do is the final question for this episode five podcast. So we got, is there such thing as overtraining? So I get this question actually a good amount because I think there's a misconception from a lot of people and things they see online that the more they train, the better they're going to be, you know, and I think they're like, you know, we'll work out seven days a week and we'll crush it guys and we'll, we'll get jacked and shredded and yeah, well, nine times out of 10 by doing seven days a week training, I would say 99 times out of 100 within like two, three weeks, you're going to be gassed, you're fatigued, your nervous system's crashed, your joints hurt and you feel like crap. Okay. So to answer that question, yes, there is such thing as overtraining. But with that being said, if you can sleep, you know, a solid eight hours a night, seven, eight, nine hours even, um, you can recover pretty good. I would say closer to that eight hours plus, um, and you'll re- you'll definitely recover uh, more efficiently. You need to be hydrated. Water, sleep, and food is is everything in recovery. If you do not eat, sleep, or drink enough, you won't recover. You just won't. Um, and then injuries will occur and your joints will get beat up and you'll feel like crap. Staying hydrated will lubricate the joints, hydrates the muscle, and you feel less achy, you feel more hydrated and the muscles work better. And by hydrating more, you flush toxins out of the muscles, lactic acid out of the muscle, which helps speed up that recovery. Um, So that's really important. Food, you can't build muscle without food. It's super important. You need protein, you have to have enough calories to build muscle, which means you actually need to be slightly in a a caloric surplus, not like the other question where you want to be in a deficit. Surplus, again, gaining three to 500 calories over how many calories you maintain on a daily basis. So uh, if you're doing all those things, sleeping, eating, hydrating, uh, you definitely are setting yourself up to recover well. But that being said, I think people do too much in a workout, which I think damages um, their recovery. And I think that, I think it's more important to train frequently than a ton in one workout. So what I mean by that is you know, hitting two to three movements um, on a specific muscle group in a workout, 12 sets is plenty if you train it hard. And I think you can train it every other day or every couple days. So I think, you know, realistically, you should be doing the whole body two to three times a week. Um, if you can't and you're sore, you're probably doing too much in that workout to recover. So you need to cut back the amount in the workout you're doing. Still work hard, but not as much in it and just train more frequently, I think it'll be stronger, lead to less injuries and less overtraining and beating up the joints and muscles, okay? I think that's the most important thing. The average person, if you can get in there two to three times a week and hit everything two to three times a week, um, that's ideal. I think three to five is the optimal. Three is really my minimum. I don't really, two is, is okay, but three times a week, five's ideal. Um, but work your way up to it and amount you can do in a workout. And if you're beat up, you're sore, you're fatigued, you wake up exhausted, if you haven't slept, don't just be the, don't try to be a tough guy or you know, don't be that strong woman that needs to go into the gym. Just, okay, take a deep breath, take a day off, get some sleep and stop stressing. 
sleep is better than 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 more. I can't un, I can't overhype enough how important sleep is. You will not recover if you don't sleep. Your strength will suck, and you won't get better if you don't sleep. Okay, sleep, hydrate, nutrition on the money. That's what's important, guys. So. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, these top 10 questions. I will be doing this on the weekly, so keep an eye out for the questions. They'll be going out on my Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat uh, that night of the actual podcast. So keep an eye out. Have your questions ready. If you have something you want to ask me, I'd love to answer it. I'll be doing 10 every week, top 10 that I find, and uh, first come, first serve, you know, unless something changes. So... I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a good rest of your night. I will see you soon. Again, we'll be doing about three podcasts a week, one of them being the Q&A. All right, guys, so have a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you soon.